Levels, levels. Levels, levels. So I brought my standard three idiots this week. Wayne, whoa, what the hell do you think you're doing? Todd, did you bring a guest this week? Uh, all right. Clearly, Kevin is still operating at peak Kevin levels. Um, he was supposed to tell you that Lisa was joining us this week for some of her travel stories. Oh, well, had I known that, I could have saved myself some homework. Instead. Dirty, dirty cheaters. You, you may want to update the rundown. Yeah, I can do that. You know what that means? Next week, six idiots. <laughs> toddlers welcome to talking to todd a weekly podcast with dwayne johnson and todd friends and lisa friends where failure is always an option thanks for joining us hey todd hey how's it going pretty good hey lisa hey dwayne glad to be here glad to have you how about that thank you <laughs> well well thanks for listening <laughs> thanks for listening that's great that's- <laughs> That's great. That's all we got, everybody. We're good. Wow. I thought I thought I thought Lisa's stories were gonna be a little longer, but okay. So so I think we, we teased this last week that last week Lisa Lisa traveled for work to Bethel, Alaska. And there's some differences in uh, arriving to living in and leaving from Bethel. So we thought she was going, she sent me some stuff that I could share. And I said, hold on, no, 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 no. These are, these are your stories. So um, a little later in the episode, uh, I think we'll have, we'll have Lisa start explaining what it's like to travel to um, Bethel. And and what I can tell you is um, it's significantly uh, different from going to uh, Anaheim or Dallas. So, 100%. yeah, yeah. So, you know, generally you refer to someplace that remote as BFE. I did not know that the B stood for Bethel. It could. It really could. <laughs> but before we get to that, do we have, uh, what do we have? We have feedback, follow up, and updates? We do toddler number one, two episodes ago. You were very careful talking about me. You were very careful to say spouse of a season ticket holder because I know where my bread is buttered. <laughs> yeah, I know who has joint who has full custody of those tickets. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, also, when we were talking about TSA and the checked luggage hack, yes, I neglected to share. <laughs> that I took golf clubs with. I'm not sure what TSA's reaction would be to me trying to go through TSA with golf clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll deal with it. I'm sure that would go over well. <laughs> it it does change the likely success of the hack a bit. Yes. But to be honest, I would love for you to try it and either report back 
or the reporter who covers your arrest for trying to take dangerous clubs through security. I will just we'll just read it there. Golf clubs are weapons, not the way he uses them. I haven't seen him hit anything solid in years. <laughs> <laughs> then last week, foiled again was better than fish tacos. Yeah, foiled again was was both good and bad at the same time. Doug like foiled again. Doug <laughs> Doug foiled again. Got a fu- got a chuckle out of Doug. Uh, he also had forgotten all of the rest of the science necessary to get any of the rest of the puns. <laughs> you know, we like to challenge our audience. So sometimes our audience is just challenged. Is that is that funny? Is that is that if I. If I remembered uh, 10th grade chemistry, would that be funny? I'll have to take their word for it. Uh, He's also waiting for any consistency on truthful or funny. Still, still waiting. Doug, you're going to be waiting. Consistency's boring. Yeah, strikeouts are boring. They're also fascist. Lisa? Thoughts? Thoughts on a plane? Thoughts on a plane. Oh, any, yeah. Any feedback from last week or the previous week? I'm getting confused now. I think I was in the car when I heard the last one and you yes. did the foil joke and I turned to Todd and said, you can't be friends with Dwayne anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, that's, that's the only one we're finished. And then we continued for like five more periodic table jokes. Yes. That is correct. Not a good look on my part. If I'm honest, once I said, oh, don't worry, we're done. Except for that one. And that one. And that one. And and that one. Yeah, we continued doing them periodically throughout the rest of the oh, God. From oh. Lisa's standpoint though, they all just dropped like lead. So I That's, you know it's... Yes. Oh please stop. Please, please stop. <laughs> it's like we can't help it. Uh Craig and Sherry. Iron they <laughs> Which was the reaction we were looking for? I was going to say, I thought that was some of my best work. It was pretty <laughs> darn good. The, the the callback three minutes later that blew my microphone. Yes. <laughs> yep. Still funny. Yep. Good work there. Also, officially, one competes in a try. Mm. But But what about if you're not competing? What about if you're just doing it for fun? Are Anybody you funny? Are you funning a try? I I guess. <laughs> Dwayne's question is, who in the hell does a triathlon for fun? Well, so if you remember last year, maybe it was two years ago, Amy and I volunteered at the check-in station. Yeah. And so we would ask people their names and, you know, check them in and give them their bag of goodies. And but one of the questions. Did I tell you this? One of the questions we asked them was, if you qualify for the national mm, yes. race, are you interested in going to wherever the heck it was? I think it may have even been in the undisclosed location. It was. Yes, I believe. And more often than not, the answer was no. I'm like, seriously? If you... If you qualify for the national, why would you not go? You don't just do it for fun. (laughs) 
You know what? You might do the first one for fun. Yes. The second one, though. <laughs> Three weeks later. Not any fun. The other, the other, the correct response is, are you doing this for fun or you're competing? The correct response to that question is, let me finish and see what my time is. And then I will tell you which one I'm doing. (laughs) That's a slow time. Time doesn't matter. I was just here for the fun. I guess this would be, this would really be more like follow up on the re-listen. Jesse added a new satellite office. Yes. In Carlsbad. Yes. Which got me thinking, let's see, Carlsbad, where's Top Gun? Isn't Top Gun at Miramar? And that's close to Carlsbad. Is he doing his training? Pilot in training. Is he doing his training at Top Gun? Are we breaking news here? But I don't think so. Actually, so Top Gun has been not been in San Diego for over 20 years. Instead, in their ultimate wisdom, the United States Navy moved their premier naval aviator training base to the middle of Nevada in the desert, right near within 20 miles of a Coast Guard reserve station. I, I don't understand that either. And a about a hundred miles away from a submarine research base, <laughs> which I've seen all of, which is insane. However, you might be onto something though, because that is in the general area. And by that, I mean the same half of the state as the, in Ely, which is where the helipad is. Ooh. You might be onto something. He he might be just using naval bases, whatever that means, slash deserts, as his pilot training centers. Hmm. Maybe it's a cover. Maybe he's really uh, in a three-letter agency. Ooh, like the IRS? Oh, you meant a different one. Never That's okay. not the three-letter <laughs> agency. Oh, oh yeah, yeah it, no, no, no. That makes sense. He's in AAA. Yeah, I bet you he's in AAA. <laughs> Maybe he's in WAP. <laughs> uh, gonna need to be gonna need to be more specific on ne- actually less specific. Never mind. Less, less. Moving on. Is there an ejection seat in this in this podcast? Punch out, goose. We're going down. Anyway, did we find a number for Don? Oh, we did not. That is, you know what? That's totally on me. Sorry. We will, we need to next week, Don, we will get you a number next week. Take a number. Okay. Got it. Follow up. You talked, you talked about, um, your emails that you kept getting from Michigan. Yes. Someone used my email to sign up for cell phone service in Jamaica. Sweet. I know. Right. And I keep getting emails and getting emails and I've contacted them on Twitter because, okay. because this person now owes 12,000 Jamaican dollars, which I think is like a buck 92. Okay. Anyway, uh, I got an email this week that my account is scheduled for permanent disconnection. We've made several attempts to reach you. And if you don't pay us the $12,000 and change, 
we are going to cut off your service and stop emailing you. And I said, you promise? I'm going to, I'm going to throw out just, I'm going to throw out a wild thing here though. They sure. used your email to sign up for cell phone service. The one thing the cell phone company knows isn't the email. Yes. You could call them or text them. <laughs> it's not the smartest cell phone company in the world. Clearly. <laughs> what else you got? So I think last year, two years ago, we discussed how every year people gather near See now with Lisa looking at me, I don't even want to say this because this is in England and I've screwed this up before. Is it Keswick? No, no, I put it in Massachusetts. If you remember. Oh, that's right. This doesn't happen in, in, in South London, does it? Southern London. Thank you. Okay. Gloucester. Yes. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Very nice. All four bells there. So they host the Cooper's Hill cheese rolling race. That was recently held. Now, congratulations to Manchester's Matt Krola, 28, who won the first of several men's races. They asked him how he prepared. He said, I don't think you can train for it, can you? It's just being an idiot. An American man from Washington also won one of the men's races. However, the reason why I want to bring this up is contestant Delaney Irving from Nanaimo, British Columbia, won the women's race after briefly being knocked unconscious. Yeah, one is a relative term. I saw this story. (laughs) Here's her quote. And this might be the quote of the year. Quote, I just remember hitting my head and now I have the cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And now I have the cheese. (laughs) Anyway, congratulations to all the winners, including the ones that may be in concussion protocol. Although I have a sneaking suspicion concussion protocol at the cheese rolling race is mostly a pint. (laughs) do you have a concussion yes okay you're ready to compete what uh hot damn updates um i think i got an email today did you get an email today uh to quote preferred name unquote yeah (laughs) nail merge is hard (laughs) these are professionals I got my writer number for Thursday. I yes. signed up for two days. Yes. But apparently, though, the, the email was clear that we will get multiple email. We will get an email for every single day that we signed up for. So. As long I, as I get my jersey. Yeah. That may or may not be getting shipped to me. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. <laughs> I joined Team Talking to Todd. Did anybody else join Team Talking to Todd? I wonder if Sherry joined Team Talking to Todd. I can't imagine she did. <laughs> hey, are you associated? No. 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 <laughs> I am competing for something else. <laughs> Most pies eaten. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, should we go to travel stories? Yeah, I think I think we I think we should. Okay, fantastic. I guess that's me. Yeah, well, it's either you or my Southwest trials, which doesn't hold a candle apparently to your trip. Yeah, it was it was a uh, experience. So uh, yeah, I have some things to tell you. So um, I last week got to go to um, Bethel, Alaska, which is four hundred miles west of Anchorage. There are no roads in. There are no roads out. The only way in is to fly or snow machine. And it's a town of around 6,000 people. It's the largest town in the general area. And I actually, Todd, I don't know if you want to send that to Dwayne. I sent a picture showing how large of an area it covers. And also in relation to the United States, because um, it is out there. Like it is, um, it's the Alaskan bush, which I never knew it was called the Alaskan bush. Did you know that? Who knew? Because there are no bushes, there are no trees, there are no nothing except dirt and mud. And luckily most of the snow was gone, lots and lots of water, but really not um, a lot there. So I wanted to give you some of my little observations and I have to say I learned a lot. I spent um, eight days there. Uh, spent nine days trying to get home, but uh, it was a, uh, a really, so I wanted to say like the first thing when we landed, so we had to go into Anchorage. We had a good time in Anchorage, count the plane to Bethel and the airport is a hangar. I, I mean, it's, there's nothing there. It, you literally, you have to walk down steps, walk in um, through this little door. And then all there is, is like a warehouse room with a, um, there is a luggage rack deliver one of those old ones that just kind of goes around and in and we I was waiting for their people and we started to watch what comes out on this belt from the luggage and I've seen things over the years get checked you know you see a cooler here and a cooler there and boxes well just it was chaos so I guess Alaska Airlines allows every person on the plane to check three items and there's no size limit on how big or small these items are and most of the population goes to Anchorage to do their dry goods shopping so things are coming out like a coffee maker an ironing board somebody put a sticker of a on a box of hefty garbage bags <laughs> garbage bags were going around so um, there you know, was, Dwayne so Dwayne this looked like your luggage after it got exploded and drug and it was you know all out yes. but this was on yeah. purpose yeah <laughs> and and cool and not just coolers people take the big rubbermaid totes fill them up yeah. and then just duct tape them up and check them and so there's all this stuff coming up and i'm trying to even think of cereal boxes with i mean it was amazing In, like, like you wanted individual to cereal individual boxes. cereal boxes i saw like i said <laughs> one box of hefty bags which i'm like that seems like a waste of my three items, a box of hefty bags. Because if nothing else, you could open the box of hefty bags, pull out one hefty bag, put the rest of the box in it, and then put more stuff in the hefty bag. Yes. This is like this is like a TARDIS thing. The the smallest thing was a single box of Ritz crackers. Was just going around the uh and and it was fascinating to watch because it's a very small space 
the people are getting up. It was a 737, so good size plane. And as people would get their stuff off, of course, nobody would move. So as more and more people got their things and they have a lot of it was heavy, you couldn't get out. There was just and also the plane only comes and goes twice a day. So the one that just landed is about to board other people. So there's a little tiny area of security. So I'm not even going to call it organized chaos. It was the most chaotic bit of an airport I've ever seen in my life. It was, it was very interesting to see what people were bringing off. And, um, you know, I get it. There's two stores in Bethel and that's it. There's nothing else to go. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about a sign that they need to have there that you've seen at other places, but it says all boxes of Ritz crackers look the same. Please check the <laughs> luggage tag to make sure you're taking your box of Ritz crackers. <laughs> <laughs> we asked one of the people we were working with, we're like, does anybody like ever go to the airport and just like take stuff off? And they said it happens all the time. You have to be really careful. And that's why everyone stands so close because as soon as they see their item, they got to take it off or people will just come and randomly take things off the luggage and walk out. Cause there's not, no one stopping you to do that. You, you know, I checked Ritz, but those chicken and a biscuits look really good. So we'll trade. Oh, you know what we call the airport terminal? What's that? Costco. So that was the first really introduction to Bethel. And it was just, it, it was just so unique. As I said, we've all been in airports. We see weird things come off. But this was just, I we were just fascinated standing there watching to see what was going to come out next. And, and for a small plane, it took forever. I mean, stuff just kept coming and coming and coming. And I wouldn't have stayed because I don't check baggage. But people I were with did. So I was waiting for them. So. So that kind of leads us into our, our next thing. So Bethel, this town of 6,000 people, there are no rental cars. And anyone who owns a car in Bethel, you, whenever if you finance a car in um, this part of Alaska, your financing includes part of um, the barge cost, the shipping cost, and it will take, you know, upwards of three to four months to get it to you. And so all the cars are old. Nobody has a new car. They're all old. The person I was working with there who's lived there since 2006, his truck, he brought up there in 2008 and it's still going because he's not going to pay all that money to bring it up. So, I mean, some of them were new when they bought them. They were new when they bought them, but by the time the barge got there, they were already old. Exactly. So, and so there, there were like, I think there were four rental cars total at a rental car firm, but I want to say for the week, it was like $3,000 to rent a car. All, by like, the way, all four of them were small black Kias. I, I don't know why. That's good because they're interchangeable. Yeah. Just get into anyone you one, feel like. One set of keys, four cars. It's fine. So the way people get around in Bethel, and this is true of most of the population, and this is fascinating to me, Bethel has more taxis per capita than anywhere, anywhere. Like People, they just go from taxis and the taxis are a flat rate. So from anywhere to the airport, it's $8. Anywhere to anywhere else is $5. Whether you go from one end of town or three doors down, $5. And they will stop and get, pick up other people when you're in the taxi. They'll cram in as many people as they can in the taxi. Like You don't get a taxi to yourself. So we went to dinner one night and five of us were in the taxi and it was half a mile it was just cold and you know $25 and they all and they only take cash no receipts 
So everybody's just like, you get and you're just handing over your $5. But but the funniest part to me is, and you get used to this after the first day, but you you know how you've, you've called for a taxi before and you call the dispatcher and you're like, hey, yeah, I'd like to have a taxi pick me up at the Marriott, well, whatever it is. So you call to order taxis here and the main company, there used to be three, but now they've all merged into one and it's called Cusco Cabs. And you call and the phone gets picked up and the person just goes, Cusco. And all they want to hear from you is hospital ER. And then they hang up on you. They don't wait, wait for anything else. Where are you? Just tell me where you're at. That's all I need to know. Where are you right now to pick you up? We'll figure it all out later. And the only time you say anything else is if there's more than one of you. So you could say hospital ER for people. And then they don't say thank you. They don't say anything. They just slam the phone down. And you're like, is somebody going to show up to get me? And three or four minutes later, yes, somebody shows up to get you. <laughs> I don't know how it's done. But I never waited more than five minutes anywhere I was in all of Bethel. And, it, it, and I got so used to it by the end, though. I was just like, oh, Midtown. And slam. And then, <laughs> so very interesting. And I have a really interesting article I'll send you the link to about the taxis in Bethel. I actually sent it out to my group before we went because I had found it. And and actually, the taxis are all Toyota RAV4s. So somebody has some money because they weren't that old. So, but. By, by the way, ahead. quick, just, just quick for everybody. Lisa works in medical software and she was in Bethel at the hospital to put in medical software, which is why she was up there. That's why she keeps referring to hospital ER, not because she made multiple trips to the hospital ER. That's because that's where she was working. Just to be clear, like that's a really weird example to give. Yep. I need to go to the ER again. Yep. Pick me up from the ER. Nope. Hey, is that a moose? Hospital ER. Click. It's a clarifying talk. <laughs> so the one well, I'm like, can't they Venmo? Well, no, because there's no internet, as you've said. Correct. Well, and there is some. There's, there's a little some. bit. And and it was really interesting because I'm I have all the budget for this project and I control the budget. And I went to my director before we left. I'm like, hey, I'm taking seven people to Bethel, Alaska. And from what I understand, it's cash based and we're not going to get receipts. And my director's like, well, that can't be possible. You're going to get receipts. And I brought it up four times and I'm like, there are no receipts. So now I'm trying to get everybody's expense reports approved because, you know, we spent three hundred dollars each on caps and have no proof. Hey, Dwayne, think about that. Going on a corporate trip where it's super expensive and the federal per diem is like $120 a day and there's no receipts for anything and come back after eight days and go, I spent like a thousand dollars. Do you have receipts? Don't, I don't have one. I, it was all cash. Can I get reimbursed? <laughs> and actually I, you know, I really tried to be proactive about it. And now even my boss today was like, Oh, you kind of mentioned this might be an issue. I'm like, you think? <laughs> So I've anyway, seven, I've got seven emails I sent you on this. They're all printed out and stored just yes. for such an emergency. Because that can't possibly be true, but it absolutely was. And uh, I'm going to send you a picture right here, Dwayne. So Bethel has one main road and everything else is dirt. And so this 
is probably the cleanest car I saw while we were there. And there are no car washes in town. Nobody washes their cars ever because there's no way to get the dirt off. And so you you get into these cars and there's probably two inches of mud in the back of every car where your feet go. Um, and that might be an understatement because it was just, so that's the cleanest car I saw. So I had to take a picture of it. The, the clean area is where the handle is, where everybody opens the door. Everything else is totally covered. Yep. Oh, that's, you know what? That's not mud. That's rust inhibitor. You pay that's... extra for that. <laughs> you can't even read the license plate. How could you pull them over if you wanted to? I mean, you can pull them over, but you. Right. Hey, what's your license plate number? Six. Oh yeah. Hey, Ed. Yeah. Sure, that I mean, checks. If it was Lyft or Uber, we wouldn't get in if we couldn't read the license plate, right? Yeah. Yeah. So very, very interesting. And so the mud thing, this was some something that somebody from there just told me the day before we left. They're like, by the way, and I don't know why they hadn't mentioned this before, but they're like, you need to tell all of your people they got to bring boots. Like you must bring boots to Bethel. I mean, most of it, they didn't mean because it was raining. It's because you have to slog through mud to get anywhere. So at the hotel we stayed at, I actually sent Todd a picture. There was like um, a mud pit outside. <laughs> like you had to walk through. The cars wouldn't even come through it. And it was still slippery. And so I don't know what we would have done if they hadn't told us. And I don't happen to own any boots because the undisclosed location does not require them. So I happened to go into Target and luckily found just a pair of little rubber boots the day before. And I said to Todd, that was probably about the best purchase I could have made because I can't imagine what I would have done if I'd had to walk in my little shoes. So, and I would use those um, rubber boots more than I used anything, but um, it's kind of stunning, just all the mud there is there. So, yeah, so I want to tell you about that. So, pretty interesting. So then I'll just go through as we get there. So we get to the hotel. Hotel is, um, do you think it's a trailer, Todd? I, well, I couldn't a, decide. It's a two, no, I mean, it's a two-story trailer. So, you know. It was, though, a two-story trailer, right? Pretty much. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Five bedrooms inside it. And it felt like a frat house. Like the walls were so thin. I, If you were watching TV in the room next door, I was watching it with you. And we would all just stand out on the balcony and just kind of talk to each other because one person came in later at night and there was, if they came in, you could hear them. And so you weren't going to sleep. And then the, the whole hotel, there was a big place in the bottom where like shoes were not allowed in the hotel, like, or boots, you must take them off on the porch. And so there's all these boots. And one of the uh, younger people I was traveling with was very concerned somebody was going to steal her boots. I don't really think they are. But she did the person, the proprietor of the hotel didn't want all the mud tracked, which sounds like a good idea to me. So it's very, very interesting. Also, these, these houses don't have central plumbing, they have a septic system. So that's fine. But they also have to have water delivered every week. So they have big tanks outside their house and they fill up these water tanks every week. And actually, one of my colleagues, the first morning we got it because we got into Bethel in the afternoon of Sunday and Monday morning, he must have been the last of us to get in the shower and the water ran out. (laughs) And the uh, proprietress was very kind and, you know, and said, I'm really sorry the delivery was late. We'll get it. And Kind of funny though that he was half soaked up and there was no water anywhere except the bottle of water he'd bought. Now, 
there besides the five rooms, they oh. also had some additional rooms outside the hotel. Yeah. And Dwayne, let me send you a picture of the auxiliary rooms. <laughs> You see those? Not yet. So luckily I wasn't in one of those. They're Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically the, like the executive work bungalows. <laughs> They're like little work cabins you see on a construction site. Yeah, but at least they're off the ground. So they're a little more. What are the yellow things? Is that the septic? <laughs> Just out there in the open. And the and yellow is. The Isn't the insulation. black the water? Oh, yeah. The black they, is the water. The yellow is the septic. And that's just the insulation to keep it from freezing. Because you got to keep the septic tank from freezing. Because otherwise, it's real hard to pump out. And nobody wants to go in there and chisel that loose. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Dwayne, you made a really good observation. Everything is built up like that. Because in the spring, when everything melts, everything floods. So every literally everything nothing is built just on the ground so everything is from two to four feet above the ground like that and this is a little off topic but i thought this was really interesting so the hospital i was at was is a beautiful building it, it i don't mean this is not awful but it doesn't look like it fits in the town but they actually had to drill down into the permafrost and then they have these mechanisms that i don't know how it works but they have some sort of metal thing that goes by all of the foundation things to stop the permafrost from melting so that the building doesn't just float away because it's all the way that's how they've anchored this building and i guess huh. you know with global warming the permafrost is starting to go a little bit but the the hospital i'll send you a picture of the hospital it's stunningly beautiful when you're in it you just can't imagine that uh, you're in this little town because and the way the hospital is financed is all of the um, native tribes all get money each year and they all combine their money and decided to create this corporation so that they could create uh, provide some health care for their people and so that's how this beautiful hospital was able to be built because instead of each tribe keeping their money they all put it together and have this beautiful thing that's a gorgeous building isn't that really uh -huh. really nice uh -huh. yeah so so, yeah, so then the hotel, besides extra room, as Todd will tell you, so, you know, I've traveled for 30 years work. So, you know, when I, when Todd and I were first married, that was way before cell phones. And we would, you know, we'd occasionally talk on the phone a little bit, but it's made it, as you know, Dwayne, you travel, it's made it much easier now with FaceTime and texting and all that. Well, there was no FaceTiming this week. There was, there, we, the lady in the hotel told us we could check our email and we couldn't do anything else. We couldn't stream anything. We couldn't um, watch any sort of, they, she had TVs in the rooms, but I had warned everyone, if you want to watch anything, you need to download this before you get there because there's no internet and there's hardly any phone service. Verizon doesn't exist in Alaska, which you know, guess you can't hear me now. Yeah. And I had colleagues that had Verizon and they were completely incommunicado with their families for eight days. Dang. Yeah. So weirdly Dwayne, enough. You, you said that like, like that was a good thing. You're like, Dang, I, can you imagine to not get a call for eight days? 
my work cell phone runs on Verizon and nobody can get to me. (laughs) Well, and weirdly, we have T-Mobile and T-Mobile was the one that would actually sort of work. I couldn't, I couldn't FaceTime Todd, um, but my text went through and I called you once or twice, didn't I, for a couple of minutes? Yeah. So, but at the hotel, I did notice that like the lady had, you had a, she had different wireless access points and everybody had a different password. And she had said, if you go over your allotment, we'll charge you. And the second day at the hospital, I'm sitting there talking to somebody and one of my, um, people that I'm traveling with turns to me and goes, oh, so I was FaceTiming my husband last night and I don't know what my face did because <laughs> I'm like, you were what? And she said, oh, well, that doesn't take much data. I'm like, okay. So we ended up, I want to say, with an extra $280 bill for her FaceTime call. Could you get a receipt? <laughs> no receipt. Well, the hotel gave receipts. <laughs> so one area we got a receipt. Because the hotel, when I booked the hotel, it's one of those, I didn't even ask how much it was because it didn't really matter. I had to pay it. Yeah. What are the options? Yeah. yeah. There were not a lot of options. So we had to pay it. So. Yeah. So, and that's actually the funny thing is, if you're in Bethel, that's the name of the hotel. What are you going to do? There's no other options. Hotel and spa. So, I mean, you know, you might as well just be real clear. <laughs> the spa or the, <laughs> the three shipping containers outside that you're staying in. No, 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 no. It's the mud bath out front. Bath you out can out just front. go sit in the mud bath. People pay a lot for that. <laughs> Watch out for the moose. Lots of moose. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I will say I'm, I'm looking at the time here of the episode and I, I want to make sure I, I, I want to make sure we get this in because Dwayne, you may have thought because we have special guest Lisa that we would have forgotten about America's favorite game. However, while Lisa doesn't like it, I said, Hey, why don't you do Dwayne guess a number this week and she said can i so it is now lisa's favorite game and i think it's time for Dwayne guess a number bethel edition okay hit me all right so Dwayne. There are groceries in Bethel, and I went to the grocery store, and I took pictures of the things that I purchase here, the same things, and we thought we'd play a game and see how, if you could guess how much things cost in Bethel. So we'll is, do- is there going to be a little guy climbing a mountain? Is this, oh. or is this Plinko? <laughs> I wish we had one. <laughs> so, sorry, no. Which Price is Right game is this? Is this a showdown? Oh. So, Lisa, I have all of them ready to go to send to Dwayne after he guesses so he can see whether he was right or wrong. Okay. Well, I didn't know which one to do. So, I was trying to pull up my pictures here. So, I'll start with this one. Okay. Okay. We'll do three. And then. Okay. So, Dwayne, in Bethel, how much would it cost you for a family size package of Oreos? In, By the way, just in case this matters, these are the birthday cake flavor cream edition. Oh, those are the good ones. Yes. Net weight is one pound, one ounce. So if I think that they are normally 
in the mainland. And I may be off on this too, but I think that they're going to be somewhere around $4.50 here. I think then in Bethel, they're probably $8. Todd? I'm going to lock in eight. And here is the photo evidence. $11.59. Holy cow. (laughs) So so now you've got a taste of this. So let's do another one. 75 cents per cookie. You got to love them. (laughs) See? Actually, the um, one of the people I was working with told me they don't even look at the prices in the store. They just buy stuff because they can't. They just can't. So, so something something else that I buy all the time. I don't know if you use this, but we buy the um, Coffee Mate creamer, the liquid creamer yes. for coffee, yes. and the fat-free twenty. What size is this, Todd? This is thirty. Um, this is a thirty-two ounce bottle, French vanilla. The big one. Actually, you know why? No, there's a bigger yes. one next to it. Oh, there's the bigger a 64 one. next to it. So oh, there's you want 32 the, the, and the 64. I was going to go for the 64 30. hazelnut. 64 hazelnut. 64 ounce hazelnut coffee mate creamer. I, I'm particularly fond of the mocha version of this. Uh, that's very good. Uh, also, when you mix it with bourbon cream, Ooh. bourbon cream, mocha, and coffee together is a really good nightcap and depending on how the previous day was you just hold the cream and go straight from the bourbon <laughs> yes wow given the history already if the nine dollars and 48 cents here it comes Todd, don't look at the big tag look at the yellow tag on this picture yep yeah, it's the big yellow one Ten dollars and ninety-seven cents. No, no, no. no. The next one over sixteen dollars and sixty-nine cents. I was closer on the other one. Yes, sixteen. You were closer. You were on the thirty-two ounce one. You were. We said, "What's the sixty-four ounce one?" You gave us a price. You were under on the thirty-two ounce price, (laughs) which I absolutely know that on a bad day here, the thirty-two ounce costs three three ninety-nine. Is how much I pay for it here, because as I said, I took pictures of things that I know that I buy. Heck, so the the sixteen ounce one on the shelf above is six dollars and fifty nine cents. That's the tiny little one. Yep, <laughs> crazy. So, so we'll do one more. I'm thinking, Dwayne, this is your chance to get it right. I mean, you're zero for two, but you know you can finish on a high note. You won't, but you could. <laughs> Okay, Dwayne, how much for 24 bottles of Arrowhead water with the sport cap? How big are these bottles, Todd? I can't the, quite the tell. The bottles are 700 milliliters. Pff, I don't know, whatever that means. 24, are... 23.7 ounce bottles. So yeah. basically 24 ounces. So 24 of these. Of water. Low price, by the way. What's that? This is going to be the everyday low price. Everyday, oh, everyday low price. Yes. So it's it's twenty four bottles of water. Each bottle is twenty four ounces, and it has the sport cap. 
each bottle. Because that makes By the way, it, yes. And in case you care, this happens to be Arrowhead. So this isn't like a knockoff brand. This is like it's not Arrowhead period. water. Yeah. For a for a flat of water, basically. Yes. Basically. Yep. Which would normally run somewhere in between four and five dollars. But this is a place where, as we have established, you have to truck in water. Barge. Barge in water. Yeah, you can't truck there's no trucks because there's, there's no trucking. roads to it. So the only way to get things in are barge or air. You deliver it by truck from house to house, but you barge <laughs> it to begin with to get there. Right. $23 for a flat of water? Oh man, this is this is embarrassing for you. $36.49. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I bought um, five bottles of Gatorade because I drink one large bottle of Gatorade a day here. I pay a dollar twenty-five for them here. They were six dollars and fifty-nine cents a bottle. And that was one of the cheaper things. So, Dwayne, you think that a dollar fifty for a bottle of water in a non-sporting event is excessive? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a little crazy. I took really quick. I took pictures of a couple of other things like um you know the frozen pumpkin pies you can buy at thanksgiving yeah 15.79 um a small container of ben and jerry's ice cream the small one 11.79 cottage cheese 6.89 um those are just the things i was interested in because we were just walking around the store stunned because it was um oh and the one thing I had looked at their ad before we went um a box of cheese it's seven ninety nine that was about the cheapest thing <laughs> which is why you fly them in and put them on the luggage carousel <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was a uh, eye opening to say the least of what we have to pay and what they have to pay and I don't think their salaries are any higher than what we make here so holy I'm not really sure how they do it. It's crazy. Okay. So, cause I, cause I happen to know, and I've got some of these pictures here. Okay. Dwayne, we're going to play a new game. This is not, you guess a number. This is going to be, this is Dwayne. What's for lunch. So Lisa, you took this picture. Do you want to, do you want to set this picture no, up? You, you go right ahead. Cause I don't know what picture you're sending. I think it's, well, this was, so, so you got to have lunch every day at the hospital in the hospital cafeteria. Yeah. And so every day they had a fresh menu on a whiteboard of what was for lunch. And it was all homemade. I have to say the food was excellent. Yeah. So Dwayne. In Bethel, Alaska, at the hospital cafeteria, what's for lunch? Just take a guess. I don't know. Whale? Oh. Oh, you were close. When you you thought surf and turf and you went with surf. Yes. You should have gone with turf. Moose. on the way. Not today. That was a different day. On this particular day. day, Yeah. Yeah. I did learn, though, that all game meat is all venison, by the way, no matter what it is. So there's an interesting fact, at least to me. I, did, I thought they would all have different names. Reindeer stew for $6. Reindeer stew. Did Which she- compared to what the what 
what the groceries are, six bucks for reindeer stew is pretty good. It's because it's local. You don't you don't have to barge locals, it in. A it, lot of the locals come to the hospital to eat too. It self delivers. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said moose, I believe Lisa said that was the previous day. I believe the day before was moose burgers. Yep. Moose burger. And do you see the very bottom thing I think that's on that picture, Dwayne? Bird soup. Yeah. So I was really good. I tried everything. I have no idea what that was, and I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> beef stroganoff, $10. Why are there quotes around beef? <laughs> I don't know. That's actually what I had that day because I'd had the reindeer the day before, two days before. I don't think it was the beef that we're used to. <laughs> <laughs> so. So looking through a couple of other, uh, again, uh, might as well share some photos here uh, on the audio podcast because at least Dwayne will uh, will enjoy them. So so Lisa then sent me some pictures after she left, after she left Bethel and got to Anchorage, she could send me photos. And I'm going to share a couple. So you know how Lisa said you, anytime you needed a taxi, you picked up the phone and you talked to the dispatcher and you just told them where you were. And then they, they hung up the phone. Lisa was always interested in like, okay, like how busy is the dispatcher? It turns out the dispatcher was busier than she ever anticipated. Because she got into a taxi and saw this. Can, can you tell what that is? So when we got in the taxi, we, we, the guy, we tell him where we're going and he drives off. And we've been in the car like 20 seconds. And his little speaker goes off. And the guy says into the speaker, Cusco. And we're all like, oh, my God, that's the dispatcher. Like, that's who we have talked to all week long. Who is driving their cab. <laughs> And that's his analog board of knowing where everyone is. And I'm guessing that's why he just hangs up on you because he's moving because his little he's magnets driving. around. Yes. So there are two columns, one in red and one in green. Uh, the columns are identical. Tundra, housing, Swanee, center, hospital, trailer, airport, Larson, H-Mark, and Casa Yuli, which I have to guess are the nine most traveled places. I don't know. To be honest, I don't. I knew what a couple of those were. I I don't know what some of them were at all. Now, what do the numbers mean? The hospital is number one. Somebody no, stuck. But we think we think that those numbers are the cabs. That's so not he is keeping track of which cab is going to from which location mind you he's driving the taxi he's that answering is. the phone then getting on the radio and calling a cab to get to the other lo to the location and then he's moving these markers while he's driving to keep track of where all the cabs are in a town of six thousand people lisa did he pick you up at the hospital he did okay so that's clearly cab number one and he's busy because it's in red. Cab number 27 is somewhere in transit between Cassiuli and Cassiuli. And the rest of them are free, but that's where they happen to be. 
See, the funny thing is she sent this to me, and that was my thought. I, I went, well, that's insane, and it's probably not safe at all. On the other hand, huh, I wonder if I can figure out his system from this. Yeah. I will say, however, that the system isn't standardized because Lisa was on a different cab. This and is actually our very first cab that you're about to send him. She took this picture and had no idea of what it was originally. I guess he wasn't taking that many calls at the time. Because this was this was our cab out of the airport after we landed. What in the hell? <laughs> all of those, if you notice, all of those are the exact same stops, but they're now put in like a geographic location with red and green zones and markers for all of the taxis. <laughs> And, and actually, we're well aware there were two dispatchers because the one whose first picture you saw was actually would say thank you sometimes. It was kind of nice. The other one, there was no pleasantry at all. So I'm guessing we, who knows if there were more, but we saw at least two. And every cab we got in didn't have that. So it was, I, I kind of wanted him to watch the road. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And clearly... Mike Gartner was not in charge of the numbering system <laughs> because the cabs would have all had three or four digit numbers to make it seem like there are a lot more cabs. There you go. Uh, we're, sending, we're sending unit 712 to pick you up. Yeah. Just going through a few more photos here. Dwayne, I'm going to send you this one. This is from the airport. This is You get to also guess what's happening here. So let me oh. send you this one. Guess what's happening? That sounds like a 70s TV show. It's another game. That one is on its way. When you get it, you have to kind of look through the window, kind of, and see if you can guess what's taking place. Okay, so out the back window, there is a truck that is backed up to the back of an Alaska Airlines jet, but it's yep. got a lift gate on the back of it. Yep. And a wheelchair. Yep. It looks to me like they don't have a ramp capable of getting somebody in a wheelchair off of the plane so it looks like the little trailer can the, cater the catering, itself. the catering truck, the yeah. catering truck. So they're using the catering truck to offload somebody that's in a wheelchair or somebody for somebody, <laughs> which would ding, explain ding. why you were waiting Four bells, Dwayne, Four bells. <laughs> I finally won something this week. Well, and I, and I know we're going long. I have to tell you one other story from the airport on the way out. So because there's no room for anyone, it's a 737, which Todd will point out, you should be able to turn the 737 around in 45 minutes, right? That's what Southwest does. That's how right. Southwest makes their money. You land a 737, you get the people off, clean it, put people on, 45 minutes, on your way. So it lands in Bethel. They get everything off. They don't clean it. They actually announce that when they land. Like, we have no cleaning crew, so please don't leave your crap on the plane. Then they have a very small security area in the airport that people go through one at a time and then get on the plane. It takes <laughs> two hours 
to board the plane. I was the second person through. I stood in line before it opened because I knew that I would lose my mind standing in the line watching people not be prepared and not have their stuff up. And But at least when I was on the plane, I didn't have to watch it. But I think it took, yeah, about an hour and 45 minutes to board the plane to get everyone through. Never seen anything like it. And if and my colleague got pulled over, so then the line just backed up behind him. Nobody else could get on the plane until they cleared him and then they went to the next person. You got one TSA agent looking at your driver's license and then checking your boarding pass and then running over and looking at the monitor to make sure that your x-ray goes through and then running back over and taking the next person's ID. And then, oh my God, I would lose my mind. Right. Because there were two. There were two. Thanks, Eli. (laughs) (laughs) The waiting room is on the ground side. There isn't a waiting room on the air side. So time to board. Start the security screening. Security opens up. Oh, my sweet Lord. Hey, I missed my flight in Anchorage. (laughs) So then Todd sent away in that other picture because I was trying to figure out how to get home. And I had to look at the board in Anchorage. And here were my options. (laughs) Yep. Got to scroll to that. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Nope. Nope. Getting, Getting there. So. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, satellites Snap. linking up. You know, if you knew Morse code, you'd get that joke. <laughs> you can fly any Alaska airline to Seattle anytime you want. Every hour on the hour. Do you think Delta would put me on one? <laughs> the answer to that would be no. No. No, no they wouldn't. So, and... uh it ended up taking me 32 hours to get home from Bethel because I had was on Alaska and then it was on Delta the rest of the way, but they weren't, they were two separate tickets. So Alaska wasn't going to help me get home once they got me to Anchorage, even though there that's what started the chain reaction. And then I missed my flight out of Anchorage, but Delta didn't cause that Alaska did. So. And, and by the way, just, just for this thing, this is the departure board in Anchorage. And when Lisa says Alaska flies to Seattle often, real quick, I'm just going to go down here. Here's the times you can get to see to Seattle the next day on Alaska Airlines. 12.55 a.m., 1.56 a.m., 2.56 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9, 10, 11, 12, 1. Then we go to 3.25, then 4, 5, 5.30, and 7.30. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't get on any of those. No. And and I get to do this all again in a month. Yay. Yay. Except Miles, MQDs. <laughs> At this point, though, she's she's going to take whatever fits in, in her handbag, and her three check bags are just going to be three cases of water for her to sell. <laughs> At $30 a case, and then we're going to be making money. (laughs) It's true. My bag and my rubber boots, all I need to take. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Given, given where we're at, I think, I think, I think we're going to pass on idiots for the week. Well, yeah, I'm not allowed. Am I still in the penalty box for embellishment? Well, no, just next week you get to bring six. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yes. Fantastic. And if we cover what we're watching, we both watch the same thing. Final episode of Ted Lasso. Woot. Done. Loved it. Loved it.
Saw 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 a couple of uh, critics said Ted Lasso ended finally. It's about time, and I said uh, you're dead to me now. I don't care about you. I don't want to ever read anything you ever write again. So that takes us to Dwayne. Did you learn anything this week? When I was in Chicago for my nephew's graduation, yes, Greg and Cherry. I went to Chicago for my nephew's graduation. The did you visit the drains? I did not. I was probably an hour away from the drains, though. In my defense, I never got anywhere. I never got anywhere close to the drains. I wish I had. Otherwise, I'd have selfies or ussies or ussies. Yes, yes, I would. That was a nice little cameo there. Can you can you go get some ice? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get ice for the party. Do we need anything else? If it's on the way, can you stop at Starbucks? Sure. What do you want? Mocha. Absolutely. Great. Super. Therein lies the conundrum. I see a problem. Do I get the ice first so that it melts? Or do I get but, the coffee? But the coffee's hot. But the coffee comes is hot. Right. Or. Yeah. Yeah. See. If I go yeah. get the coffee first. Yeah. Then it gets cold. While yes. I'm getting the ice. Yes. Mm. All right. I have an operating theory of, of how to solve that, how to square that circle. What did you end up doing? I got iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn this week? Not to ask you what you learned. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. Let's get the theme and get out of here. <laughs> Music is still Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. You can subscribe to our award-winning podcast with visiting Scholar Todd Prins or wherever you get your pods. Just search Talkin' and the number two. There's no G and there's no space. We have a page on Facebook. You can tweet us on Facebook. Uh, that's facebook.com slash Talkin' to Todd. Uh, our award-winning merch is still on Zazzle. You can stop by and see us at the Tupa City Home Office. Please don't do that. If you're in Chicago, Make sure you stop by and see our Naperville drains. I'm going to get so much crap for this. <laughs> Thanks to our listeners and our sponsors. Toddler 3187, the Taylor Center for Technology Policy, and their Coffee Nook, and DJ to go Cedar Valley. As always, send your feedback. Send it to feedback at talkingtotodd.com. Todd? just want to say sorry to Matt Damon. We ran out of time. <laughs> before we go just want to thank our guest lisa friends great stories this week thanks for stopping by this was great thanks for having me you bet on that note we'll be back next week we're here we're talking to todd You know, we, we should have said...
um, since Lisa has to go back up in next month, if if all of those stories were super enticing to you, if you want to go, Lisa can help arrange and maybe be a tour guide of the mud. <laughs> send, send an email to talking to Todd and we'll we'll see if we can arrange a Bethel tour. <laughs> Bring your own water. 